We're going to go to the John 3.16 as we minister this morning, the Holy Ghost and I. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're going to title this this morning, The Abundance Flowing of the Love of God. And the word abundance there means richly supplying. God richly supplies abundant flowing of the love of God. Jesus asked disciples one time, or he said, Brother Ken mentioned about he asked a lot of questions. Brother Ken, um, Jesus asked more questions in the full gospel than he did really give answers. He asked questions. He was a question asker. And he told the disciples, says, when I'm gone, all the words that I've spoken to you, I'm going to bring to remembrance. Now, when God gives you a scripture sometime, that means he's speaking to you about something. Some people say, well, I don't, God don't speak to me. When he gives you a scripture, he is speaking to you. And he expects something to happen when he gives that scripture. The other morning, I got up and walked. I just walked them down our drive and around the circle. It's all lit up. Real early in the morning, the wind was really blowing. It was really nice, and and uh, the moon was shining so bright. And and the scriptures came to me, as the wind bloweth in the mulberry tree, giving David the answer when to go to battle. And David said, "The Lord is everywhere." Everywhere I go, he's there. It don't make no difference where I'm at, the presence of the Lord is there. You can never go anywhere that God is not there with you. That's what he impressed upon me. You can't go anywhere that I'm not there with you. The presence of the Lord is always there, present, to bless us. Glory to God. I tell you, the presence of the Lord is real today. David said God is ever placed. He's everywhere. In other words, if the wind is blowing, then the love of God is there. The love of God is with you everywhere you are. In your worst of conditions, the love of God is there. He's not on vacation He's not in hiding. He's there. The love of God. How many are glad for the love of God? Oh, the love of God. The love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost. The love of God. Jesus says, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. Sometimes we feel like we've been forsaken. And God is not with us. That's a lie from the pits of the devil. You can't live for God and live by feelings. The just has to live by faith. I mean, there's sometimes you don't feel one ounce of God, but still he's there 
Brother Michael Taylor, he is still there. The presence of God is precious. We live in one of the richest world that's ever been existed on the face of this earth. And I'm not talking about America. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. We are so blessed to be in the kingdom of God and where the love of God is. Nothing can stop the hindrance of the love of God. Nothing in this world. Jesus said up on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the love of God that's come in our lives. Hallelujah. I don't know about you this morning, but I sure feel like rejoicing today. Rejoicing today. I thought about, <clears throat> you know, just recently about how David danced before the ark. And uh, his wife made fun of him. Brother Michael Taylor, I think about you sometime when you dance. And I said, that's just the way David, he's just going crazy. And people think he's crazy. You know, y'all ever see him sometime dancing? And we, we, we don't feel anything. He's crazy, you know. Amen. But his wife became barren. She never bore no children because she criticized David in the presence of God. God is love. Brother Ken done a good job pointing out what happened to Noah's time. But God is love. He's still love. He gives you a chance to make things right. So the wonderful things of God. The scripture says, where sin doth abound. The grace, Brother Johnny, the favor of God. How many could say right now, I have the favor of God. If you're in the kingdom of God, you have the favor of God in your life. God favors you. You're in a covenant with God. The Indians knew that probably up until around 1800 or 1900. They'd go in a blood covenant. They'd cut their arm. And if they went in a covenant with you, they'd cut your arm and your blood. They'd let the blood mingle. That mingled as long as you lived. Whatever they had was yours. How many know this morning that whatever God has is yours? Amen? You in a blood covenant with God. And the only way that covenant can ever break is when you die because you don't need it no more. You're going on to heaven. God's people are to be really alive today because of the wonderful things God has done and what he's doing today. How many know he's doing live things today? He, he's doing great things today. Great and mighty things all over this world. There's a mighty flowing of the love of God. We hear more talk about what's bad in the world than we do what good is in the world. There's a lot of good in this world. A lot of good because I know you and you're good. And I'm glad I'm in fellowship with you because you're good. Amen. Praise God. And I believe with all my heart there's too much watching what's wrong with the world instead of watching what's good in the world. What Christ has done all around you are wonderful, dynamic, God-fearing people. You're rubbing shoulders with them every day because it's the love of God. You know the love of God is everywhere. I don't care how bad a person is, God will save them. He'll save them. Amen. A neighbor stopped by the road the other day and talked to me a while. 
He said, my brother joined to go into World War II war. He wanted to go to war, but he failed a physical. But they needed welders, so he trained to be a welder. He said, he come home one day crying and said, I can't well. I just can't well. He said, I can't well. And he said, his father said, you mean to tell me you can't learn to well? He said, no, I can't learn to well. He said, there in Houston, the shipyard, they're training the prostitutes to be welders building ship, and you come home and tell me you can't learn to well? that he went back down there and become a great welder and traveled all over the world welding. I want you to know if God is with you, you can do anything in this world. It's the devil telling us we can't, we're not equipped, we don't have to be equipped. God equips us to do what he's called us to do. Amen. I like what Cindy Shamless said in his Sunday school class this morning about seeing that art. We're more capable. We look too much for the flesh. Instead of looking to God and what He's capable of doing. First John four seventeen said, We are like Jesus in love. Romans five and five said, For the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, I encourage you to get the Holy Ghost. I encourage you to seek it. I encourage you to ask, seek, and knock until you get it. And then all these other things will be added to your life. Amen. Praise God. Don't waste your time asking and seeking and knocking for things of this world until you get the kingdom of God in your life. Then all these other things will be added. And it's not going to matter so much if you got God in your life, whether they're added or not. I'm going to come to that in a minute. Because when you got the love of God in your life, What's that old song? It makes me love everybody. That's a wonderful song. The love of God makes you love. You can't love people on your own. But with God loving them through you, is what's a tremendous blessing. So God so loved the world, he gave. That God loved the world, and he poured forth the best that he had to give to us. Jesus Christ. Matthew 10, 24 said, A student is not above his teacher. In other words, that the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost down to teach you, to lead you, and guide you in all truth. And the tr if you'll know the truth, it will do what? Set you free. you got to know the truth to be free. And then he goes on to say there, what Jesus went on to say in verse 25, it's enough for the student to be like his teacher. We ought to be so happy that God has chosen us out of 7 billion people in this world to be like him. You said, how can I be like him? You love. That's the greatest thing he gives us is the love of God. The greatest thing he gives us to love our brothers and our sisters as ourselves. What a wonderful blessing that God has given us is the love of God. I can remember when I wasn't in the church. I won't go into that, but I can remember that. But I'm so glad I'm in the body of Christ. I'm so glad I've been born again. I'm so glad my sins are washed away and I no longer have to answer for them. First Thessalonians 1 and 3. Your faith is growing exceedingly and the love of every one of you each toward the other is ever 
increasing and abounding. Our love increases and abounds. I mean, know after you've been married so many years, your love gets what? Gets what? I remember when I first got in the church, Sister Eleanor Draper testified one time, said, I love Marlon more than I did today than I did when I married him. I thought, how in the world that can be? I just got married, boy, I was in love, you know. Love is not always a feeling and affections. Love is endurance. Sometimes love is taking the back seat and those sort of things. You have to live a while before you know what love is all about. And you've got to live in the presence of God. Have the love of God in our hearts and the blessings of God in our hearts. Psalms 115.14 said, The Lord shall increase you more and more. Somebody ought to say amen. God shall increase you more and more what you have today. You get up in the morning look for more from God. Expect more from God. Raise our level of expectation that God believe the who believes the promises of God. He said, "I'm going to increase you more and more." If I was to ask you, "Are you rich?" What would you say? Who said that? Yes. Every person in this room naturally is rich compared to the third world. You're rich, very rich, and you're richer than that if you got God. Because the riches of this world will end the day you die. But as long as God is with you, you're going to be rich all the days of your life. You're going to be rich. Ephesians 3 and 7 said, You're rooted and grounded in love. When Christ saves us, He roots us and grounds us in love. Makes me love what? Everybody. Love your neighbor. Love those that despitefully use you. Psalm 17 and 8. David said, Keep me as the apple of your eye. The scripture says, No man can keep himself, and no man can build himself. It takes God to build us, and it takes God to keep us. The reason we're here today is because God has kept us. Hmm? the blessings of God and it goes on to say and hide me under the shadow of thy wings now what David saw here he saw two things he saw two figures about God and he recalled God's love and the care for his faithful people the apple of his eye how many know that you're precious to God? Hmm? Very precious to God. The Hebrews saw this word as the pupil of the eye, expressing something greatly valued. How many of you are greatly valuable in the eyes of God? You are precious to Him. You might not be precious to nobody else, but you're precious to God. Then he goes on to say, the shatter of thy wings. He drew this from a hen protecting her chicks. Unless you've lived on a farm, you might not know what that means. Anybody grew up on a farm? 
If you haven't, you really don't know what that means. When a chicken is setting eggs, she sits on them for 21 days. She's constantly moving the egg, making what's on the bottom come up on the top. Where that, that egg, every size, feels her warmth and feels her favor, feathers. And God puts an instinct in a chicken. Every animal he created, he puts an instinct in them. People say a dog can think. Experts say a dog can't think. He can only do what you teach him, and he has to remember. Drug dogs that's trained by the police and different things has to be put through their training every day. If they don't, they forget. So God has to remind us of scriptures now and then. If we don't, we do what? We forget. Somebody say, well, I just forgot that. But God can bring it to your remembrance. So the chicken, he was giving us the expression of a chicken. And Christ used this same expression in his love for Israel. God loved Israel. He said, well, he, they're his favorite people. You are the wild, grafted-in olive branch that was rejected, but God has accepted you. You're just as valuable to God as the Jews is. You're, you're valuable to Jews. Brother Yoakum, our first pastor, used to teach us, you're more of a Jew than a Jew is a Jew because you got Christ in your life. But the Jews are on their ways back to the kingdom of God. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 23 and 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou have killed the prophets. You stoned them which were sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chicks under her wings, and you would not. He's given a contrast here about the hen and the chicken. Or the little bitty chicken. He comparing himself as a hen protecting a chicken. As the little chicks got grown and the hen was out in the yard and was to see a shadow come over like a hawk, what would that hen do? She began to give a certain noise. You say, a well, chicken don't do that. They have instinct. They do do that. Scientists are finding out that wolves talk to one another. They don't know what they're saying yet, but they're figuring it out. And they're using the scenario they're learning in Yellowstone when the wolves pack, ghosts attack. The wolves attack in packs. They don't attack as individuals. They attack in packs. Wolves has a leader. He's called the male alpha. And he will run, and he'll start barking. He's giving instructions what to do to the other wood. They will not attack until he tells them what to attack. He's put something in a chicken. And I've seen it on the farm. A hawk would come over, flying over, surveying. And that chicken hen will start giving a certain noise. Right, Brother Melvin? Now, she gives a different noise when she's scratching in the dirt and getting a worm. She won't eat that worm. She scratches, and when she sees that worm, she starts giving a certain noise, and them little bitties comes and eat the worm. What God is saying, and I'm trying to give you a scenario. God said, I'm trying to give you a scenario 
who I am. I am your provider in the worst storm in your life. That hen has no capability or the chick against the hawk. The hawk can come down and pick that up and carry it off and eat it. But that chicken knows that God has put something in her that she knows what to do when she sees that hawk. And when she gives that certain noise, them chicks all run and get under her wings and she sets down upon them. How many know that God said, I am your shield and I am your protector from the powers of this world. If you run unto the house of the Lord, you shall be saved. He provided us, but we got to run unto him like the chick runs unto the hen. That chicken knows they have safe because they have an instinct from God and they believe God and what God has said. So he said, I've tried to get you to come to me, but you wouldn't do it. What about David hiding in caves for 20-something years? He ran in his cave one day, and he ran into one part of Brother James, and he hid. And a spider came along and put a web up there. And them soldiers came in there looking for ever cavity in that cave. When they come to the end, they saw this spider web there. And they said, he can't be in there because that's just now been there. It's just been finished. That's a new web. He couldn't be in there. It's God showing us how he can protect you in the worst cases in the world that he's among you and amidst you and in you and he protects you. He hides you from your enemy from getting to you. He hides you because he's in love with you. Oh, he's in love with you. If we could ever learn how much God loves us, how much loves us. We had a white rooster. We was as scared, us kids was as scared as that rooster as it had been a grizzly bear. We didn't know nothing about a grizzly bear, but we knew about this rooster. He would jump on you, rear up and jump on you with his feet and spur you. Now, we seen him coming. We give him a wide place in the road. I mean, Brother Melvin, he had the fear in us kids. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I mean, we're we afraid of that chicken. But when you go in our barn, you had to go in a hallway to go down to feed all the animals. I mules and horses. And my mother went in and fed, and she was coming out. And so happened he was there. And when she stepped down on the ground, he just jumped toward her like that. She reached and grabbed his neck. When he hit the ground, he was running around looking for his head. You ever seen a chicken when his head was cut off? Huh? They'll, they'll run around for a while, right? They'll just run around for a while. But when he hit the ground, he hit the ground without his head. Because my mother had grabbed that chicken by his neck and ripped his neck off. What I'm trying to say, and I'm going to say, God is your protector in the worst situation in the world. He's got you in his hand, and he's going to make sure that, hallelujah. If you'll run to the house of the Lord, and I'm not talking about this building, I'm talking about wherever you are in your spirit, in your mind, if you will run to God, God is going to protect you. He's going to protect you, but if you run away, he can't protect you. I give you one choice what we had for supper that night. 
Just one. I'm not going What we had for supper that night. I tell you, raised on the farm had some wonderful things. Wonderful things. Glory to God. The Heavenly Father is already, always ready and provided you a safe haven in the worst of condition. In the worst condition. I remember one time, Aunt Emma testified, her and Uncle James going somewhere and he lost control of the car and it ran off the road and running down the bank and in the ditch. And she just said, Jesus! Said it looked like that car jumped back up on the road by itself. You don't have to have a big knowledge of God. All you just got to know what to say in the time of crisis and he's Johnny on the spot. He'll protect you and keep you. Praise God. Psalm 91 and 4 said he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shall thou trust his truth and shall be thy protected. Paul was on the all of Malta. He picked up a deadly viper. They looked for him to fall dead and he just shook it off. I feel the Lord is telling me to tell you this morning, don't walk in fear. Huh? I went to get my hair cut the other day. Um, Jean Meadows has been cutting my hair since my barber been under the weather. And she said, she began to tell me some things, but she said, I refuse, Brother Billy, I refuse to live in fear. I want you to look up this morning and say, I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to live in fear. Praise God. He shook that off. He was supposed to fail dead. The enemy strikes you sometime and you're supposed to fall dead. Amen. And he wonders why you don't. He wonders why he had done it to others and they fail dead, and but they do it to you and you don't fall dead. I believe God is saying to the church today, you need to start standing up and resist the devil. Submit yourself to God and don't walk in fear and you'll see the miraculous power of God working in your life. The miraculous power of God. The love of God. He loves you. He loves you. You may be mean as a striped snake, but he still loves you. The wonderful blessings of God. Hallelujah. Listen what it says in Isaiah 30 and 21, the holy God. Whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. That's why we need to stay in tune with God. Because he will tell you in the midst of a crisis which way to go. Because he's right behind you. Not only he's behind you, he's with you. Hallelujah. In Psalm 91 and 3, he shall show you or save you from the deadly pestilence. And I know we got a strong virus going on today. But we need to say that God is going to protect me. God is not only going to protect me, he's going to protect my family. Amen. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I just hope it don't happen to me. You got to be firm and bold. Hebrews says, cast not away your confidence. How many know the Isaiah 9 says Jesus is the Prince of Peace? But in Genesis, when Abraham Melchizedek, which had no beginning, no end, he was the King of Peace. Scholars says that was Jesus Christ. Also, it verifies in the book of Hebrews. He's the King of Peace. If you got Christ in your life, you got the King of Peace in your life. Amen? How I many you know that God wants you to have peace? Got it over there in my Peggy's picture in my little Bible. When I come up here to pray, and I do it at home, she and I go into our grave in a good old age and full of good health. She don't look like that right now. She's been having a terrible time. But I want you to know that God wants you to go to your grave in a good old age and full of good health. When they brought the man who was sick on the bed and Jesus said, Thy sins be forgiven. Take up your bed and go home. What he was saying, I want you to be forgiven of all your sins and I want you to get up off that bed and I want you to walk in health. That's what he's telling us. Don't listen to what your flesh is telling you. Don't listen to what the devil is telling you. Say what the word of God is saying about you. Amen. We're going to pray here in a minute before we go home. Glory to God. Need to shake off some things. Oh, we sang that song, I, I shake it off. A man got mad, mad at his mule, threw him in the well, dumped a dump load of dirt on top of him. The mule just went to dancing. Just went to dancing. He went and got another truckload of dirt, Brother Melvin, and dumped it in on top of him. He just went to dancing. And finally, the well got so full, he walked out of it. How I many of you learned to dance and praise God and glorify God in the midst of your problem? You'll come out great without the fire on your life. Huh? Don't accept what's coming at you. I don't care how bad it looks. God said, my love is there with you. I'm with you. Oh, glory to God. Jonathan told, Jonathan, the armor bearer told Jonathan, said, you climb on up this mountain. I'm with you, Brother James. He said, I'm with you. He didn't even have a, something to fight the enemy. There were no swords back then. Jonathan had the only sword. Him and Saul had the only sword in all of the Philistine because the, uh, all the Philistine area, because the Philistine wouldn't, had control and wouldn't allow them to make no sword. But he climbed up after him. He said, do what's in your heart. I'm with. How many you know we need to, we're going to pray in a minute, and I want you to attach yourself to somebody that knows how to pray. I believe Diane was telling me the other day, I've listened to Kenneth Copeland, you got to, when you, when you, when you're spending your money or something, you made it in the church, you better make sure you're getting in some good soil. You can give to some people that you'll never get a harvest from it because it's not going into good soil. Jesus teaches that. You got to do this. I want to share you a story about a, a man it's found in a little book called uh, The High Price of Greatness. There's a price to be paid to walk with God. A price to be paid. And what we look at is the price and we forget about what the victory is going to be. There's a victory. This man's name was Richard Allen. He lived in the time of slavery 
And he was bound in chains, this black man. And uh, his owner lived in Delaware, but he released him one day and gave him a free release. He thanked God for him being released from slavery. He thanked God that he was released from sin. I want you to thank God on a regular basis that he's released you from sin. Sin is devastating. Sin is destructive. Sin is a destroyer. And that's what the devil tries to do all the time, trying to get us to go into sin. But here he was. He thanked God for that. Oh, glory to God. It's written that those people, you could see them shining with the joy of the Lord on them. I'm going to share with you what they went through with. But the writer says you could see the joy of the Lord on them. The joy shined through their lives. Some young people told me one time, said, well, you can't fly the eagles when you're running with the turkeys. I said, the key is quit running with the turkeys. You got to come out from among them and separate yourself. And separate yourself to God. During a yellow fever epidemic broke out in 1793 in the Philadelphia. The blacks appealed to the whites to help them with the sick and to bear their dead. Because it appeared to the blacks was not subject to this yellow fever in the epidemic. They was hated, they was ridiculed, and they was persecuted. But now they've been called upon to help them with the sick and bear the dead. And that's what they did. Because the love of God was in their heart. I mean, when the love of God is in your heart, it doesn't matter who they are and doesn't matter what they've done to you, you're going to help them. Amen? When Ruth went home with Naomi, she was a Moab. She was from Inset, from Lot and his two daughters. That's who she was. And Boaz come by and said, who is that woman gleaming in the field? said, she's that Moab that come home with Naomi. He said, I'm going to instruct her were to drink water. I'm going to instruct her not to leave my field. And I'm going to instruct all these young men not to touch her. I want you to notice who she was. Boabs is a type of Jesus Christ. The Bible said he was very wealthy. But he didn't know at that time that he was going to be able to marry her. But he wanted to marry her. He, he could tell something about her. There was a next of kin but could marry her. But I want you to know that he married her and what God did for her. I don't care what problem, what sin people's in, God loves them just as, as much as anybody because they, he can do something for them. And you read about what God did for Ruth. God can change your life like you've never known before. He can do it. If you don't believe that, just look at some of us. Just, just look at some of us. So in this epidemic, that's what happened. Large numbers of white fled Philadelphia. Ones that didn't leave hid in their homes and lived in terror. Is that where we are today? 
Come on now. We're sort of living in terror, hoping we don't get... We have a protection if we believe it. We have the Almighty God with us if we believe it and walk in it. After six years of such discrimination against Richard Allen, they worked and labored, helped bear the whites and take care of the six for 70 days. I appreciate how Ken brought up the lesson this morning. I saw him interview a lady the other day. She works with a firefighter fighting these fires. They're working 17 hours a day, seven days a week, and has been, I forgot how many months. And sometimes we take eight hours, it's killed us. They're working, no, it was 16 hours. I guess they're getting 16 hours is what they're doing, seven days a week, fighting a fire, trying to save houses, trying to save other people. I, I wrote that down, sort of put it in my diary. I thought, my God, help us to right, realize what we have, what responsibility we have to a lost and a dying world. What Richard Allen realized, he said, I'm only in chains. I'm in chains with love bound to God. Under severe persecution, being put down, helping to bear the whites, helping the sick, he did not, brother, feel like he was in chains and slavery anymore. He was, said, I'm in chains and I'm in bondage to God. Because what God has loved me and did for me. How many is glad what God has did for you? Where you could have, I want you to start thinking about where you could be today if it had not been for God coming in your life. I want you to start thinking about where you could have been before you came to God. There's a young boy in high school with us. He just got out of high school, joined the Navy, come home on leave. If I call his name, some of you would know him. What we call a glass hill curve on 77. He was killed in an automobile act. The guy, his brother's in the same grade we was. We graduated the next year. He and I went in the Navy. He was killed down here at 96 in a car wreck. I don't know where Sister Linda Minimit or not, but I was down at Walgreens one night. My first cousin, some of them come in there and wanted me to go with them. Some reason or another, I don't know why, I said, I'm not going. I went home. Him and three more boys was killed in a car wreck right out of Louisiana. Malam Draper's one that got him out of the car. What I'm trying to say, we need to realize what we could have happened to us before we got in the kingdom of God. There ought to be a voice in our hearts shouting to God what God has kept us from before we got in the body of Christ. We need to realize what God has done for us. And not only what he's done for us, what he's doing for us today is that God is keeping us alive for this age and for this time, for this purpose. We've got a purpose of being here because God has a plan for us and it's not over with. Samson done more. Glory to God. In the last few moments of his life, and he did all of his life, he killed more Philistines just that quick. God has something for us. Don't be worried and frustrated about what's going on. Just be thankful what God may use you for in this time. In this time. 
Richard Allen became the bishop of the church. They had worked under all this extreme persecution. After reading that, Brother James, I was reminded of Nehemiah, what he built the building. But this man is building a church under the worst conditions and you can imagine he built a church and he was voted bishop and stayed the bishop until he died and the church grew in all of that situation over 3,000 people you say well that's not very many I tell you that's a lot for 1,700 that's a lot but if God is for you nothing in this world can be against you how many believe God is for you you believe God is for you. The wonderful blessings of God. Hallelujah. Christ released us from chains of sin for a purpose. Listen to what Isaiah says. Was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter as sheep before the shears. He was silent and opened not his mouth. Isaiah 53. Jesus was filled with the love of God. You say, well, I can't do this, but with God's in your heart, you can love. You can love. Because he gives you the spirit of love in our hearts. You are forgiven and God has blessed you abundantly. Well, let me share a little of this and then we're going to pray. Moses said, not me. I don't speak well. But he led three million people because God was with him. Solomon said, I'm too young. I'm just a child. He's the only king that led Israel 40 years in peace. Never, Solomon never had a war during his reign. Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Paul said, I'm the chief of all sinners and the least of the least. But how God mightily used. God is not looking for people who's got qualifications. He'll qualify you. He's looking for people that's available to be obedient to what He's called us for. That's what He's looking for. And Daniel 2, Daniel asked for help. I mean, you know that most people will not ask for what? Anybody want to answer that? Most people will not ask for what? They, they won't ask for help. Some of our grandkids got a little old enough, they want to pour their own juice. And they, they pour all right. It hardly ever hits the glass. I can do it. I can do it. Let me do it. That's what gets us in problems as adults. We don't ask for help. In Daniel 9, Gabriel shows up. Brother Peak, 
And Gabriel said, I heard you the first day you prayed. God heard you. First day. I mean, know that God hears your prayers. But we're living in a world of spiritual darkness. We're fighting spiritual wickedness in high places where there's evil spirits everywhere. And Gabriel says, I would have got here sooner, but I couldn't. I was hindered by wicked spirits. By wicked spirits. Notice what Gabriel said. He's one of the chief angels. I call for Michael, the chief prince of angels. You find that in the book of Daniel, the ninth chapter. He came and helped me, and we broke through. Oh, and I brought you your answer. I want you to join with somebody that you know how to pray, that knows how to touch God. If Daniel, prayer didn't get through because of spiritual weakness in high places. Your prayers get through, but you can't get back. Can't get back. Gabriel couldn't break through because of the spiritual weakness was so strong he could not get through. I guess he got on his cell phone and texted Michael. Hmm? People criticize all this modern stuff, but I tell you, it's a wonderful thing that's used right. Two preachers were talking one time, and a sinner came up and gave the pastor a large sum of money, and he says, I can't take that. He said, that's from the devil. The other man standing there said, well, give it to me. The devil's had it long enough. It's time to put it in the work of the Lord and let it do some good. Amen? That's why the Bible said the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Amen? Amen. Now listen, if Daniel was a chief angel with God, couldn't break through and bring the answer to Daniel, he had to call Michael, the other chief angel, and join together to break through. One chase a thousand and two chase ten thousand. There's strength in numbers when you begin to pray. I intend to look that up but the Lord just gave it to me this morning. I know it's in there. One angel came and helped one king. I believe he slew 400,000 just like that. We're worried. Maybe not you, but I'm talking about America is worried about China and her mass army and what she could do. But I want you to know that one of God's angels could slay 400,000 just like that. God can deliver you just like that. God has the power and authority. I want you to join with somebody that knows how to pray. Somebody's been touching the kingdom of God. Somebody's been pulling down some things. And join yourself with some chief people or two and start praying like you've never prayed before. How many's got prayers that never been answered? You don't have to raise your hand. There's some spiritual darkness out there hindering them. But they're going to come through because we're going to pray. We're going to believe God. We're going to get Gabriel. We're going to get Michael, chief angel. We're going to get them involved in this. We're going to get the answers that God wants us to have. If you want to touch somebody and hold their hand, we ought to hook ourselves up with people that knows how to touch God and knows how to pray. Amen? I mean, there's a lot of good people in this world. We had some plumbing problems, and I've run my rods in there, and... and 
I, I couldn't get it loose, and so I, I called this man, and he said, I'm booked up for three weeks. I can't get no, to nobody for another three weeks, but said, I can do it on Saturday. He said, some of my men won't work on Saturday. I said, well, I have to pay overtime. He said, no. He said, they want it. They want the money. He said, I'll find out. He said, I've got a deal worked out. If they want to come, they come. So he called me back and said, they'll be there at 9 o'clock. How many know they called a few minutes before 9 and said, we're on our way. They worked six hours. It, well, I'm not going to go in detail. But I, what I'm trying to tell you, there's some good people out there that wants to help you and wants to be a blessing in your life, wants to help you to get through your problems solved. Sometimes you have to lower to God. Sometimes you have to call for some help. And it may be expensive. But I tell you, God is in the business of sending the right people to help you when you're in need. He sent the right man out there, a young boy, a right man. I'm telling you, God has people already lined up waiting to help you. Amen? He's to give them an anointing. Exodus 31 says that. God says, I've already put my spirit in them to help you. There's people already out there. I don't know who they are. God knows who they are. When we begin to pray, he'll join them in with us. Glory to God. And we're going to see the mighty results of God. Your prayers are going to get answered that has never been answered before. Because it's going to be a breakthrough. I don't know about singing that song, Breakthrough. There was somebody here last Sunday. I don't think they'd ever been here before. They said when they began to sing that song and Holly took the lead, Grace said an angel descended from heaven and stood up on her. You said, wow, God wants this church and you have a supernatural experience like we've never known before with God. Why don't we just pray right now? And I want you to start calling somebody to help you. Praise God. Tell them you, you, you need some help. Just be bold about it. Listen, I need some help here. And ask them to pray and call upon God. Join the two or three agree. God will show up in that situation. Not only does he show up, he show up with power and authority, with his love. He works out problems we couldn't work out in a lifetime. Come on, let's pray. Dear loving Jesus, we thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you that our prayers are being heard. We're going to join together, Lord, and we're going to call for Michael and Gabriel to come down and help us to have a breakthrough and bring these prayers that's been prayed for so long. Bring it to them, God, today, Lord. We're looking for the coming now, Lord. Lord, we've been praying, and now we're expecting something to happen. We have a high expectation, Lord, a great and mighty thing begin to happen in the kingdom of God. We thank you for the, all these things in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen, 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 amen. That young man started going to dig up one place with a shovel. He said, I believe I can dig this up with a shovel. I said, I don't believe you can. After a little while, he looked at me and said, I can't. I said, you got a machine? He said, yes. I said, well, go get that little darling and let's get this job done. Come on now, church. Sometimes you're going to have to ask for extra help. You're going to ask for somebody that knows what they're doing and somebody can get the job done. God has the right people to send at the right time to help you to get your job done. God bless you in the name of the Lord for being here today.